listening to the Rude Horror Podcast with your host, Marcus Rude. You're listening to the Rude Horror Podcast. I'm Marcus Rude, and uh, today's movie is Return of the Living Dead. And this was a QC Horror Empire uh, poll pick that uh, I made a poll over at the QC Horror Empire page on Facebook. Everybody voted on Return of the Living Dead as the the most voted movie on the list. I did a uh, a poll of movies that take place in the month of July. There wasn't a whole lot that uh, that I found, but I, I, you know, obviously this one takes place in July. Uh, Jaws, uh, Silver Bullets. I can't think off the top of my head, but there's there's a couple of them. Uh, and you know, I can't argue with Return of the Living Dead. It's it's such a great fucking movie, and uh, it's one of my favorites. So that was sort of why I didn't really want to do a deep dive discussion on this movie so soon on the podcast just because I do hold this so high and uh, I'm just afraid I'm going to butcher it. But I'm going to give it my shot, the best shot I can for, for right now. going to go off the top of my head on a lot of stuff and, uh, you know, I just I worry too much. But <laughs> uh, nonetheless... I'm going to give it a try. We'll, we'll, we'll do some deep dive on it. And, uh, you know, I guess I'll do a play-by-play of it if, if you guys are interested in it. I know most people that listen to a horror podcast have probably seen this movie. So um, that's why I'm kind of hesitant to do a play-by-play. But, uh, you know, um, it is what it is. And uh, I'm by myself on this episode, so. Uh, this movie, the the wide release date of this movie was August 16th, 1985. This has a runtime of around an hour and a half long. So it's not a long movie. It's, it's actually the perfect length for a horror movie. And um, especially for a horror comedy movie. Uh, I just, you know, I just think this movie's perfect, and uh, you know, so many aspects of this is, is so good. So we got uh, Dan O'Bannon to direct this one, and he wrote this. Um, you know, obviously John Russo, who had worked on Night of the Living Dead, uh, worked on the story as well, and uh, the same with Russell Striner. But yeah, uh, Dan O'Bannon, 
he uh, directed this one, a movie called The Resurrected. And um, he was also the writer for Alien. And uh, like Alien with Sigourney Weaver. Um, you know, he he he's done a lot of uh badass movies i i would uh credit like uh he helped write total recall alien versus predator you know i know a lot of people don't like alien versus predator but i can't get enough of both series so you know I, i'm a fan of both franchises so there's some aspects of it that i do like um also, Life Force, directed by Toby Hooper. That's a good one if you guys never seen it. I think I've talked about it a couple times on here. And uh, it's it's one of those underrated space vampire flicks. If you guys are interested in space vampire flicks with a, uh, a hot vampire alien chick that uh, is naked in a few of the scenes. So uh, check it out, guys. It's a good one. Uh, he also helped write uh, Invaders from Mars, Dead and Buried, uh, Dark Star, uh, Bleeders, you know, just to name a couple. Uh, so, you know, he's incredible writer and a great storyteller. I mean, look at Return of the Living Dead, how, how perfect this movie is. So this guy definitely knows what he's doing, obviously. Um just want to touch up on uh, John Russo for a minute. So uh, he helped write, uh, co-written uh, Night of the Living Dead with George Romero. You know, classic, classic movie. You know, I. What what can I say that no one already knows about Night of the Living Dead? It's just a great movie. But did you know that he helped write uh, the, uh, the story for The Majorettes? which is a uh, a slasher film that doesn't get talked about a whole lot. It's a uh, 1987 slasher film. He also wrote Santa Claus or like Santa Claus C L A W S. Um <laughs> and uh, also Night of the Living Dead 3D starring Sid Haig. Um and uh, one movie I'm not familiar with, but the uh, the cover looks very intriguing, is uh, it's called Midnight Two. Um, he he directed it. Uh, he directed and wrote that film. Uh, I'm not familiar with that one. I uh, I might have to check that one out. My uncle John is a zombie. He directed and wrote that one as well. And uh, I've never seen this one. I probably should see this one too. It's a newer one. Uh, sorry, I'm kind of getting sidetracked, but uh, this thing's this sounds pretty interesting. It's called uh, My Uncle John is a Zombie, and uh, it's about a zombie kept in hiding by his niece and nephew for over 40 years suddenly becomes famous when the world discovers he can talk and reason as though he were alive. As his popularity grows, he is discovered by zombie hunters who want to kidnap him and hunt him for sport. The cover of this really makes it look like, uh, like I'm assuming John Russo is the zombie in this movie. So that's that's pretty cool, actually. And Russell Striner is in this. He he played Johnny in the original 
uh, Night of the Living Dead. So very interesting. I'm going to have to uh, check that out. Maybe you guys should check it out too. Or if you've seen it, let me know if it's any good. It's got uh, mixed reviews. So I don't know. I'd, I would give it a try. Give it a shot. The budget of this movie was $4 million. It raked in $14.2 million in the box office. So this was a success. And, uh, you know, I, w I would say that, that would be a success to me. And uh, it was also a, a huge success as far as uh, still finding a way to be a cult movie. And uh, a, uh, a favorite among the horror, uh, you know, people in the horror genre. Uh, anybody I talked to uh, and mentioned Return of the Dead, everyone praises this movie. So this is one of those movies where it's universally loved, uh, in my opinion. With a star-studded cast, we got Clue Gulager, and uh, you know he's played in like N Nightmare on Elm Street Two, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's uh, been in a shitload of movies uh from a whisper to a scream uh which uh we had uh on a previous episode with uh courtney joiner he talked about uh working with clue on that film and uh you know that's incredible too so if you guys haven't checked that one out check out the one of my previous episodes but yeah man i mean this guy has been in a lot um he's really well known for like some of his westerns and stuff like that i'm not too familiar with the westerns so uh don't uh don't attack me too much but i mean i know who the guy is you know he's been in a lot of movies well respected and uh yeah he he plays bird in this film does such an amazing job uh james karen is also in this film i i think he really helps make this movie and i can't really picture anybody else to play frank <laughs> like he just he just nails it uh he was also in poltergeist if you remember him in poltergeist in congo um and you know obviously return of the living dead part two um that was that was a weird uh storyline with uh returning freddy you know, the return of Frank and, and Freddy. Um, uh, but uh, <laughs> they changed they changed the names. So I thought that was funny. So, you know, James Cameron plays uh, Frank in the first one. But he plays a character named Ed in part two. Tom Matthews plays um, Joey in the second one. But, um, but he plays Freddy in the first one. So I, you know, it's, it's whatever. I, I'm one of those people that, that likes the second one as well. I know a lot of people rip on the second one, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm a fan of both of them. I'm really a fan of the whole series, except for, um, you know, I will say part four and five are a little cringy, but I remember being so hyped about it back in the day when uh, so I think sci-fi was putting it on and uh, 
I was just I was so excited to to, uh, to hear that they were making a second or not the second one but uh, a fourth and fifth one like a back to back. I was like, dude, this is so cool. And uh, you know, it's cheesy in its own right. Uh, there is some things I do like about it. I'm not gonna lie. Um, but uh, you know, I think it's just it kind of throws in that nostalgic of uh and you know a nostalgia thing but like the craving of wanting more in a series and you know a well-beloved series in my eyes and you know i actually enjoyed uh part three as well i thought uh using this take on it was was different and it was almost like a love story in a way uh but uh somehow it worked because, you know, it's kind of crossing to areas that uh, I guess are like uncharted territory and uh, something different. Uh, definitely a good date movie if uh, you haven't seen it and you want to take a chick on a date that likes horror movies. Maybe that's a that's a good one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, so uh, Don Kalfa is in this. He plays Ernie. He plays a an amazing uh mort uh what do you call that like a, a mortician let's say mortuary guy but yeah a mortician and i think he, he does it does it i don't know if it fully like in plain sight that he's a nazi or like he it almost plays off like he used to be a nazi or he's just yeah uh, fatuated with uh nazi culture or something you know because he's he's got all the nods to uh you know to nazi characteristics i guess i would say uh anyways moving on so uh you know i mentioned tom matthews plays freddie infamously has played uh tommy jarvis in uh friday the 13th part six uh, that also uh, uh, revived his role as Tommy Jarvis years later in the Never Hike Alone um, fan fan film, which I thought was really good. Yeah, he he's been in some pretty good movies. Uh, you know, I would say these are probably his bigger ones. Nemesis was another film that he was in that uh, I thought was worth mentioning. Miguel Nunez plays uh, Spider. Uh, he's another Friday the 13th um, actor. Uh, he played uh, in part five and uh, almost plays a similar character in a way. A little different, but uh, he's he's another underrated actor. Uh, you know, obviously we have Linnea Quigley who plays Trash in this. This is one of her biggest movies of all time um i i don't know where to begin she's she's been in so many movies and uh i just love her she's just <laughs> she's awesome uh never met her in real life but uh just just watching her from her movies she just she seems really cool and uh and, you know i've just i've heard nothing but good things about her in real life so uh 
I was really looking forward to meeting her though at uh, Midwest Monster Fest this year, but it got postponed to next year. And uh, sh uh, she is going to be a guest. It's confirmed that she will be a guest for next year. So uh, I look forward to to meeting her. And uh, I got my Return of the Living Dead vinyl ready to uh, get it signed by her. And uh, if Tom Matthews uh, is able to to uh, return or whatever. <laughs> If uh, you know if he agrees to, to come back next year, uh, definitely want to have him sign it too. But, anyways, yeah, Linnea Quigley, one of the most iconic scenes that she's ever done. She looks terrific. Um, actually, um, I, I guess I would say she was probably one of my first uh, movie movie star crushes. You know, <laughs> you know, as as a. Uh, uh, probably preteens when I see this. So, uh, you know, very young age, I probably shouldn't have been watching it, but, uh, you know, somehow kids always f end up finding a way to watch movies they're not supposed to watch. And, uh, I remember watching this at a, not too young age, but, you know, bef probably a little bit before preteens and, uh, you know, <laughs> I might edit this out. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'll keep it in, but you get the picture. Everyone had a crush on her, right? Um, you know, I don't even know if I should if I should keep going on about her, but you know, she's been Night of the Demons. She's terrific in that one. Silent Night, Deadly Night, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Four. I mean, geez, I you know I could just keep going on. Graduation Day, Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers, Pumpkinhead Two, The Barn. Oh God, I love The Barn. That's a a newer one. Uh, it's it's terrific. If you guys haven't seen it, check it out. She's also in Jacko. That was a cool slasher film with a pumpkin head guy. That's really cool. Uh, tons and tons of movies. But anyways, uh, let's get into the movie. I'll talk about the movie. Uh, you guys have probably already seen this. And, uh, you know, I... I hope I don't skip over anything, but uh, I'm sure I will. But basically, th this movie starts out in a warehouse where uh, Frank is showing the new hired guy, Freddy, around the Unita Medical Supply Warehouse in Louisville. Frank lets Freddy in on a little secret that the film Night of the Living Dead was based on a true case. And in which an experimental U.S. Army chemical designated 245 triotoxin resulted the reanimation of the dead. So we get a scene where Frank is shown around, and uh, we, you know, there's some scenes of some skeletons in there. Um, actually, fun fact: some of those skeletons were real skeletons from India that were uh uh like cadavers for like uh like uh you know for for real like uh medical purposes and um so they're they're going around and uh you know he tells them about you know did you know that the return or night of the living dead was a 
is based on true events. They he's telling about the story. They go down and uh, he hits the canister and it's like, you know, these things are manufactured from the U.S. Army and you know, kind of slaps it and all of a sudden some green gas shoots out and way to go, Frank. He starts the uh, the zombie craze because uh, it kicks off with this iconic theme music. It's probably actually one of my favorite theme songs of all time as far as a movie goes. And uh, it's a really cool scene of how, um, you know, really cool way to uh, bring in the credits and, uh, you know, it kind of gives you the story of, of what's happening while the the credits are rolling and so once the credits are over uh frank and freddie are sort of in a frantic we start seeing the comedy side of them acting like well what do we do uh i don't know what to do they notice some of the cadaver bodies are coming back to life but i mean they don't know what's going on quite yet and uh they start getting attacked by him and uh you know they uh they get themselves away from the cadaver they call their boss bert to figure out what they need to do and let them know that uh shit has hit the fan um frank says uh bert uh it's frank uh we have a bit of a problem here uh something like that but yeah it's it's a great classic line and uh he he gets bert to come down to see what's going on and uh to his surprise um frank wasn't lying there's there's uh definitely some crazy shit going on the cadavers have come back to life for some reason and uh Bert seems to be in control of the situation and uh, tells them to hold the body down so uh, so they could uh, try to take him out. And uh, they finally hold him down. Uh, Bert gets a pickaxe and uh, hits, hits him right in the head. We get a cool scene of uh, the pickaxe going to the, to the cranium. And uh, he is still wiggling. He's not dead. And uh, so trying to, you know, figure out, well, what the hell, you know, like in Night of the Living Dead, they die from uh, destroying the brain. And uh, in this one, it does not. You basically have to incinerate the whole freaking body. Or we later on find out, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen uh, the sequel, uh, or you can electrocute them to death. Uh, but uh, these movies have been out for a very long time, so I'm sure you guys have seen both movies. So, so yeah, they uh, have a brilliant idea of uh, sawing the body parts up. They put them into little baggies. They decide to come up with a plan Bert has a plan, and uh, he comes up with, we're going to go visit Ernie at his mortuary, and uh, 
he's going to dispose the bodies and uh, because he, he owes Bert a favor. So he was most certain that he will do it. Uh, before then, I, I think I skipped over the scenes where like the butterflies are coming alive. And uh, I guess some of the movie magic in that was uh, they were fanning a book uh, to create some wind movement. And that's what causes the butterfly uh, wings to move, which I thought that was kind of cool. Always like hearing about the movie magic, uh, <laughs> which I'm sure you will hear a lot about this type of stuff in my podcast. So if you're not a big fan of spoiling movie magic, uh, sorry, uh, it's just some interesting to talk about because, uh, you know, we've all seen the movies and, uh, we'll, you know, Fans like me, I like to know how stuff is made. So, um, so there's that, and then the uh, the dog scene where uh, the dog cadaver that's so like not sawn in half, but you know the split down the middle. I don't know how to, how do you explain it. Like it's just a dog split in half. You see all of its insides. That comes back to life, and and they're beating it with. Uh, was it like a crutch or something? And uh, and he's like yelping whenever he gets hit and stuff. Like it's just kind of a comedy spoof type thing. But it's, <laughs> it, I don't know. I think it's kind of neat. Like, like it's, the idea of, of that happening is just bananas, right? But yeah, so that crazy shit all goes down. Then, uh, then uh, we jump over to the other side of the story where Freddy's punk rock friends are killing time, and uh, you know this is a, a classic scene of uh, the punk rock look. I mean, everyone's looking cool. Suicide's got all the chains hanging from like his nose to to his ear and. Uh, you know, got got this crazy ass haircut that I don't think I've ever seen anybody have, but uh he pulls it off. He looks like a, a real badass, right? And then you got like the other guy with like a mohawk and uh you get sort of like uh a uh <laughs> a dead alive kind of vibe going on, kinda of like a fifties sort of uh I don't know what the fuck what that look is, but kind of got like a, not like a rockabilly, but he's just kind of like an alternative punk rock type dude that reminds me of like Lionel from uh, uh, Dead Alive just a little bit, and uh, you know obviously Trash is an iconic character, Linnea with the fucking blood red hair and uh, the short hair, and she's got. Just the whole punk rock, rock vibe going on, and she's looking terrific. And uh, uh, Tina is also uh, Freddie's girlfriend, and uh, they are on their way to the nearby cemetery as they wait for him to get off work. 
and uh, so this is you know really cool story building moments of uh, of the group you get to know the characters you also got like spider scuzz and uh, you know suicide Casey and uh, you know some background on them so then back with uh, Bert, Frank, and Freddie, they go to Ernie's, and uh, this is where we see where, like, Ernie's, like, some type of Nazi dude, or, like, I don't know if he says he's a Nazi or not. I don't think he does, but he clearly has, like, Nazi vibes. We'll, we'll put that, or I'll, I'll say that, I guess, because, I mean, it's obvious he's got some some Nazi vibes going on and he's listening to his headphones and stuff like that. And, and, uh, here's a knock at the door and it's Burton and the gang. And, uh, he, uh, doesn't know who it is and pulls his gun out and everything. Like he's ready to, <laughs> ready to fight. And he's, he's on edge. And, uh, um, yeah, while he's doing that, he uh, was is working on a uh, on a dead body because he is a mortician, and uh, it's a pretty gruesome scene. You see a, a bigger, medium sized, heavy set dude on the table, and uh, he's getting ready to uh, suck all the all the all the giddy fluids out of him, and. Uh, then that's where he hears a knock at the door. But Tina goes to uh, the warehouse to look for Freddy, but she gets ambushed by uh, Tar Man, and this is where we get to see the iconic Tar Man, and uh, he basically, um, you know, obviously is trying to attack her, and we get to see the really creepy, slimy, fucking tar man and uh and he's trying to kill her obviously he wants her brains and this is where we see one of the first zombies to start talking and uh you know instead of just moaning and uh groaning and making nonsense noise he's saying brains so he he clearly wants her brains and uh and so he tries to go after her. She um, locks herself in a, I want to say it's like a locker or like a closet. And, uh, or, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is, the, I want to say this is the part where she tries to run up the stairs and she falls through the stairs. And so, you know, we get, we get to see some suspense built up and, uh, and, uh, I want to say that she, yeah, she locks herself in the closet because she can't escape him. So back at the mortuary, um, you know, Bert and Frank and Freddie are trying to convince Ernie to, um, to to burn, um, the body, but uh, they can't tell him that it's a body, and uh, they try to say they're like. Uh, I want to say they're like weasels is what he said. And they're like, uh, 
mentally ill weasels. Like, you know, they just tried making up something and to try to get uh, Ernie to buy it. And he still was kind of like, well, I can't do that. That's cruel. And it's like, oh, well, you got to. You got to, you know. And uh, they tried picking one up. And it's, you know, wiggling around and shit. And uh, then all of a sudden, the arm pops out. And Ernie's just kind of like, oh, shit. You know, he's kind of got that look like, what the fuck? You know, and it's moving. And it's grabbing his leg. And he's just like, get it off me. Get it off me. And, uh so you know he he figures out that uh they're not weasels and it's pieces of a fucking human and a cadaver at that but uh so they convince him that they need to burn it because no one's gonna believe them and you know this and that so uh they do they they burn the 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 remaining body in the in the crematorium but the chemical from the smoke um, leads up to to the atmosphere, and then we, uh, well, it, it helps create acid rainfall, and so that is how the infection spreads. It is spread by the acid rainfall that was mixed with the the chemical smoke, and it soaks into the soil uh at the cemetery where all the punks are and uh um so this is where we see a really cool scene of the dead coming back to life from the grave because they have the trioxin in them but come to think of it, I think I skipped over a really important scene, and that was uh, the punk rockers at the cemetery, the part where uh, uh, Trash is trying to get on uh, suicide, and uh, he's not having any of it. You know, like she's trying to get with him, and he's like, you know, what? What does people think this is a fucking costume? This is a way of life, and she's like, oh yes, and. Uh, He's like, man, get off me, man. Like, have some respect for the dead, will ya? And uh, <laughs> it's one of my favorite lines of the movie, just that scene. And then it leads up to this scene where uh, Trash has her, you know, most iconic scene. <laughs> the part where she dances naked on on the gravestones. And I always like the part where they say, uh, she, you know, one of the guys is like, hey guys, get the lights over here. She's getting naked again or something like that. Like, so like she's done it multiple times uh, apparently, but, uh, yeah, you know, this is a, uh, iconic scene, whether you want to admit it or not. Uh, you know, this is Linnea in her prime and she, she's looking great as always. But, you know, especially in this movie, she's looking very fine. And, uh, and uh, yeah, so we get, you know, get to see the nice dance, the, the new dance scene. And, uh, and yeah, and then I think it cuts back to the, uh, the mortuary scene, if I remember right. Something like that. God, I'm bad at this. Um, <laughs> uh but, you know, you, you get the idea. I think you guys know what I'm talking about, hopefully.
But anyways, so the punks, uh, so uh, the the punks uh, uh, have no other choice but to leave the cemetery because uh, acid rain is uh, burning them or whatever, and uh, so they had to seek shelter and they head back to the warehouse to see what the fuck Freddy's doing. But uh, inside, they they find Tina downstairs, and in uh, in uh, the nick of time, they uh, set up a barricade and locked Tarman in the basement. But uh, but not before it kills suicide. So suicide was sort of <laughs> they're they're a suicide guy, and uh, and uh, the iconic scene of Tarman biting into suicide's head buys him enough time to escape uh the rest the rest of the punks escape but are split up when zombies rise from the graves and uh start chasing them and going after them um spider scuzz and tina escape to the mortuary while um casey and chuck retreat into the warehouse leaving trash behind she kind of tri- gets tripped up and uh is devoured by uh old decaying men that uh are tearing at her flesh as she mentioned earlier that would be the the worst way to die she ends up dying the way that she had described or uh i want to say no it wasn't the horrible way to die. it was the well, her fantasy was to be eaten alive by horrible old men so she uh, succumbs to her um, her fantasy it cuts back to the mortuary and Freddie and Frank are, are increasingly getting ill from their exposure to the gas their face starts turning colors and uh, very pale and uh, um the, they they have the paramedics show up and uh, they're doing the their vital signs and even though they're still um, you know alive they're actually dead they're not showing any vital signs and it's it's really weird uh, for them um, but you know us as an audience we we know what's going on. Um, Tina, Spider, and Scuzz join the group while the paramedics set up outside to to retrieve the stretchers from the ambulance. Um, both uh, both the paramedics are ambushed, and we get to see some of these zombies just devour them. And uh, and you know, cuts back to the group is inside looking out and and watching the whole thing, and they decide to barricade themselves inside the mortuary. Scuzz gets killed by protecting the barricade by a female zombie, which Ernie captures, and uh, we get to see a cool interrogation scene where the I think the body was cut in half, so you get to see like her the bottom of her spine just kind of wagging like a tail, and uh, it's it's a really cool, um, uh, you know, we know it's a puppet, so but you know it's really cool. Uh, design what they did for her and uh she talks and she kind of 
you know, gives them vital information, really, because, you know, it's like, what do you want? And she said, you know, or why do, why do they eat the brains? And she says, the pain, it's so the pain will go away. And, you know, so we, this might, I don't know if this is the first time that we see, um, you know, the, the zombie's opinion <laughs> of, uh, of why they're eating brains. They're not just mindless, um, undead people walking around. Like these are intelligent talking zombies and, uh, they're, they're telling us why they're eating brains and why they want brains. So, uh, you know, that's, it's a, it's a cool aspect, you know, we don't, we don't really get to see that a whole lot. And, uh, especially this time, this time frame the movie came out, we really don't get to see that side of things, but the zombies continue to surround the mortuary. Uh, they're, they're killing more paramedics and more cops who are arriving to try to help. You know, we get that classic zombie scene where he grabs the the walkie-talkie and is like, send more paramedics, send more cops, and uh, you know, it's 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 good shit, guys. And then uh, uh, Frank and and Freddie are showing even worse signs now, like they are um, starting to become zombies. Like they're really starting to to show their true color. And, uh, you know, saying like, you know, I got, you know, I want your brain, you know, saying like, Tina, I love you and just give me your brains. And, uh, um, I guess I'm jumping the gun guys, man. Uh, but Bert locks him in the chapel area and locks him in because they know that, uh, you know, they're soon to be goners. But Tina stays in with Freddy, and that's where he starts uh, becoming more vicious and uh, saying, like, you know, Tina, I love you, but you got to give me your brains. And uh, so uh, Freddy is trying to attack her. Tina is again rescued while Frank self-immolates in the crematorium. He just cannot take it. Uh, <laughs> so he puts himself in the crematorium and slides the rack into the incinerary and uh so we see frank's fate there bert and spider escape to the warehouse leaving ernie and tina or, yeah leaving T ernie and tina behind to hide from um uh freddie who's uh acting like a maniac and you know in fashionable zombie fashion <laughs> and uh so they're they're trying to fight freddy off but bert and the other punks uh in the warehouse managed to to defeat the tar man and uh they call the police for help only to learn that the zombies including the reanimated trash so she comes back. She's got some really cool makeup on. And she almost looks sort of like a demon zombie. Which I, I really liked how they did up her makeup. And uh, they're, they're already uh, making it to where the police are not going to be able to fucking do this. So 
Um, Bert ends up calling the number that's on the the tank that uh, Tarman had had uh, came out of, and he reaches Colonel Glover, who, you know, apparently has been searching for these barrels that have been missing for who knows how long, and uh, <laughs> typical uh, in typical fashion, right? It's like they've been searching for these barrels, but you know, you get some idiots. Uh, that uh, don't know that it, it bumped off an army truck and just kind of went rolling. Um, I don't know. It, that's just that's another story in itself. But instead of sending help, um, the colonel uh, has decided to uh, destroy the contaminated area by nuclear artillery. And. Apparently, from uh, reading my notes, uh, from doing research, um, you know, because I'll say, when you watch the movie, it just seems like, you know, everything is blown up. You don't know if the survivors live or not. You assume that they're dead because it's a nuclear explosion. It blows, like, the whole fucking town up. We're reading, uh, doing some research. I guess it, the blast does kill everybody, the survivors and zombies. But um, but not knowing, uh, the colonel not knowing um, has spread the, uh, the disease even farther. So meaning it's only going to get fucking worse from here. And that's, that's pretty much the end of the movie, guys. I mean, I know I kind of skipped over some of the details, but uh, I think you guys get get the idea um oh shoot you know like you know i was saying i really didn't want to talk about this movie so soon because uh, i felt like i was a little unprepared on this one but uh i wanted to keep my word and uh you know try to deliver and keep my word and uh so here you have it return of the living dead uh, obviously, if you guys have made it this far, you've seen the movie, so you're just hearing my stupid little ramble take on it. Um, but, yeah, nonetheless, I mean, this is such such a good fucking movie. And it's one of my favorite zombie movies, and especially being a horror comedy. And uh, the soundtrack is phenomenal. You know, we get, like, this cool punk rock 80s vibe of uh soundtrack and it's it's so iconic in its own right I actually have the vinyl and uh you know hopefully try to get some signatures on that baby one day but uh yeah guys um return of the living dead i know one day i'll probably talk about the other ones and yes i would be willing to talk about return of the living dead four and five Maybe I'll do a back-to-back. That'll be like one episode, and I'll just kind of breeze through them. I don't know. What do you guys think? Um, were you guys a fan of Part 3? Because I'm a fan. It's a guilty pleasure of mine. I think it's awesome. And uh, actually... Oh, shit. You can hear the train in the background. My my apologies. Um, actually thinking about it i think sci-fi back in the day was having like a zombie movie marathon 
and I want to say I got to see like Day of the Dead and um, Night of the Comet and Return of the Living Dead Part 3 like all in the same fucking day like it was it was so cool I wish uh oh my god this fucking train dude anyways um I still wish there was like marathons like that still um there could be I don't really have cable anymore I'm kind of stuck in um uh the streaming world so you know like Netflix Tubi Shutter all that stuff and then uh, I'm a big uh physical media collector so uh you know why pay for cable when I can watch stuff uh on with the internet you know it saves me money and uh you know I have all this physical media I could be watching and uh you know I just get my fucking news on the on the internet so who needs cable but I do miss that aspect of uh being able to watch like marathons on uh on cable network like like sci-fi or like uh amc i think amc still does stuff like that uh especially around halloween time but uh yeah man good times let me know uh I don't know how I'm doing. Give me a f- five-star rating if, if you feel like I deserve it. And uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, if, if it's applicable. Um, yeah, you can email me at rudehor at gmail.com for whatever. Just, just send me an email. Say hey. and uh, Or on my social media at Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. You can also reach me on Twitter at RudeHorrorPod. Just drop a line. Say, hey, what's up? Uh, let's talk about movies, you know. Or have you guys read any good books lately? Any audiobooks? Um, killer soundtracks to horror movies? I mean, we, you know, it doesn't have to be necessarily about movies. But, uh, yeah. Have you guys watched any good movies lately? I don't know. Just hit me up. Um I will say I have uh, a couple guest episodes lined up for the next three weeks, so you're going to be getting a awesome episode each week from me, guest-related. The first guest I will announce, Jim Crutt. He played the helicopter zombie in the original Dawn of the Dead. He comes on the show, and... Uh, we have a great conversation about Dawn of the Dead and some of the other projects that he's worked on. It's it's fantastic, guys. So stick around and check that one out um, next week. And uh, and then I have a uh, Australian actor, writer, uh, filmmaker David Black, and he talks about his movie. Now hold, bear with me. This is a tongue twister. Toxic Alien Zombie Babes from Outer Space. He talks about his new upcoming movie. And, uh, yeah, that was a fun conversation, guys. So stick around. That'll be the following week. And then the week after that will be writer, uh, director, actor, illustrator, the rock and roll of illustration, Matt Bush, will be on the show. 
And uh, it was a fantastic episode. We talked about his debut feature film, Conjure, uh, which I I hold highly for uh, being good and uh, for being an indie film recorded with like a Sony camcorder. Like it's it's fucking awesome. So uh, stick around for that, guys. And um, real quick, if you're not familiar with Conjure, you can find uh a copy of conjure he has it on sale on his website um, at mattbush.com and then go to the store section but uh you can pick up a copy for around 10 bucks and uh, i highly recommend it guys and uh check out his other stuff on the store and i'll plug that in on uh on that upcoming episode but um yeah guys i'm about to spiel off my my regular stuff so I just want to say thank you guys so much for listening and uh you guys are real troopers for pushing through this one if you made it this far. <laughs> really appreciate it. I uh I don't know. This was a this was a tough one for me to do. I don't know why. Because I love the movie, but it's just it's one of those movies that's so hard to talk about because I I don't want to miss a, a beat on it, but I know I can't squeeze everything into this. I mean, you know, I can only go so long and talk about a movie that's an hour and a half, and I'm approaching like an hour on this episode. So I, I don't know. I gave it my shot, guys, and uh, you know, one year's creeping up on me for doing podcast, and I hope I've grown as a podcaster since my inception last October. Um. You know, I've I've come to terms with every episode is not going to be, you know, an A plus episode. You know, it's it's just, you know, it's just how it works. I'm gonna have some ups and downs, and uh, hopefully, I'll have some ups ones in the future for you guys. I know uh, the next few weeks are going to be some some pretty sweet episodes, so stick around for that. And I can tell you that the following week, uh. Supporter pick Pitch Black will be the next solo episode. And uh, I just want to thank Ryan again for picking that movie. And uh, I'm sorry it's taken so long for me to to pump that out for you. But uh, things happen. And uh, I, you know, I've been getting guests left and right, which is not a bad thing. And uh, I just wanted to uh, get their episodes out first. But I, I promise that one is coming as well. I just want to thank uh, Wake Brewing for letting me plug them into my podcast. They are a uh, a brewery in Rock Island, Illinois that serve delicious craft beer. They are open for business. You can pick up their cans to go or you can drink there outside. I'm not sure if they've done dine-in quite yet. I mean, everything's changing so much, but, uh, yes, you can definitely buy some beer there and it's good shit. So check them out on, uh, Instagram, Facebook, all that fun stuff at wake brewing for more info on the beer that they are coming out with all the time. And, uh, stay tuned for future events like food trucks that they bring in on the weekends and uh and just you know other fun events that uh 
that they are a part of. Want to give a quick shout out to Midwest Monster Fest. They will be back next year, early September. A lot of uh, the guests that they had lined up this year have agreed to to come back for next year. So if you bought a few things that you wanted some of the guests to sign, like like myself, uh, do not fret. They are expected to come back next year. So keep a hold of all that stuff and uh and uh just keep up to date with whatever midwest monster fest is throwing at you and with guest announcements and, and all that fun stuff you can find them on all the social media outlets um mostly facebook and instagram at midwest monster fest or you can go directly to their website at www.midwestmonsterfest.com also want to give a quick shout out to Marlena Midnight and uh, her show Midnight Mausoleum. If you're from the Quad City area, she is a horror host that hosts a lot of fun cult sci-fi horror B related type movies and uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, she usually has them episodes up um, playing fr- like Friday nights in um, Saturday nights as well um, so check check her out on Facebook she'll have all the info on on the times and 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 all that fun stuff on how to watch her show at uh, on social media at midnight mausoleum and uh, that's spelled midnight as m-i-d-n-i-t-e and then mausoleum and just find her and follow them on social media. They're they're a bunch of cool cool cats over there. And uh man, who else am I gonna give a shout out to? If you guys haven't checked out Paul Bear Press, I definitely highly recommend checking out Paul Bear Press. They are a fucking killer horror related uh clothing company. I've bought in, or I've bought multiple things i usually uh buy uh, a long sleeve from them every time i see them at a convention but you know with shit nowadays going on i don't know when that's going to be but uh they're killing it in the hat game i've been buying uh several hats i've gotten like the new glow in the dark night of the living dead hat one of the new maniac hats in uh, a cannibal holocaust hat so far but they're all fucking killer check them out at paulbearpress.com for all of your horror clothing needs also want to give a quick shout out to morbidlybeautiful.com they're an awesome horror related uh, site where you can find all of your horror needs in uh, news interviews stories uh podcasts on there it's a, it's a terrific site if you uh want to find you know it's like the one-stop news place for horror so check them out guys they're they're an awesome group over there and uh yeah guys uh that's about all i have for you i just want to thank evil dead again for letting me use his tracks on my episodes and uh as always you can find him on Bandcamp.
under Evil Dead. Check out his albums, Crips from the Beat. So this is uh, about the end of the episode, guys. Enjoy this beat and uh, stay tuned for the next one.